everyone, and welcome back to What's Oppa, a rewatch podcast of the greatest show ever, Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm Joyce. I'm Justin. And I'm Anand. And this week, we want to give a special shout out to our friend Martina, who played the intro this week on the Guzing. This is episode 23 of our podcast, where we'll be discussing The Swamp. Awesome. So let's get right into it. And on the very first thing, the title card, we hear some creepy music. There's this like echoey high pitched pipes in the background immediately sets the stage for one of the creepiest episodes of the show. Yeah. Before we get into the creepiness, I just want to say the intro kind of paintings that they pan over in these episodes are always so beautiful. This one is a very pastoral, small earth village. Mm-hmm. And it kind of pans over this small town with people bustling over this bridge. And it's very mm-hmm. quaint. It's very nice. So it's all very nice until we see Zuko and Ira begging on the streets with their newly stolen ostrich horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're just begging for money. And as they're sitting there, a cart passes by in front of them and we hear the blue spirit chimes really quickly Whoa! and if you look a little closer at the cart you can see that there are several masks including a blue spirit mask wow that's crazy i did not catch that that's super cool yeah zuko's on the ground obviously he's not acquainted with the ground and he says (laughs) this is humiliating we're royalty these people should be giving us whatever we want and then iroh starts singing Joyce? It's it goes it goes like it's a long, long way to bossing say, but the girls in the city, oh they look so pretty. <laughs> Something like he, he like pronounces it like pretty. Well done. Um Thanks. Thanks. I mean, it's a catchy tune. So this one is definitely easier to remember than Secret Tunnel, which is a great tune, but not as catchy. It wouldn't be like a top 40 hit, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, but this one would. Um, but anyways, I just thought, again, it's kind of a nice little nod to Bossing Say. You know, so much suspense building towards this great city. And we get another episode of singing, thanks to Iroh, the number two singer of this series mm. behind Chong. <laughs> and indeed, the third episode where he's creeping on girls. <laughs> yes. So then Iroh entertains this woman well enough and then the next man comes <laughs> with two dows on his back and i guess in the same way that like a circus master would kind of whip his his bears his uh po- like polar bears or turtle bears or whatever to dance this man takes out his sword and starts slashing at iroh's feet to get him to dance <sighs> um yeah and zuko is like seething in the background and then the man like kind of laughs and he says nothing like a fat man dancing for oh. his dinner and then he like flicks Iroh his gold piece without so much as a second thought and then Iroh sits down and in a very humorous way he says such a kind man yeah and I just thought where is Iroh's dignity like I think Zuko is being a little bit too you know uh hoity-toity about you know his royalty and not even wanting to beg even though that's literally the only option they have but it's just, it seems like an unrealistic line because, you know, Iroh is still pretty, he has a lot of self-respect still, you know. So this is just very foolish, silly side of him, I think. Yeah, so the next scene is Team Avatar and they're flying above the swamp and Aang is slowly starting to take them down towards the swamp. He's in this trance and then Sokka is like, hey, what are you doing? And asks why they're going down. 
Yeah, this whole scene is just so weird. Honestly, this whole episode is pretty weird. Um, just like how Aang was in a trance uh, and like there are just weird things going on. It really reminded me of the lion turtle vibes in the season finale when things are just really weird and Aang's in this weird state and then he just magically goes to the lion turtle. So, yeah, yeah. It just reminded me of that. Avatar stuff, as Sokka would say. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll actually call out here that later in this episode in various places so i don't think it's worth bringing up but there is kind of monastic chanting that while not as explicit as when we meet the lion turtles is can be heard here mm-hmm. mm. okay that's cool um and then ang says i know this is going to sound weird but i think the swamp is calling to me and then Sokka says is it telling you where we can get something to eat and i thought wow season one Sokka, welcome back um, <laughs> yeah. yeah it just felt so odd for him to talk about being hungry again because i feel like i thought we graduated from that um but yeah then team avatar uh they're trying to leave but suddenly this random tornado appears out of thin air which makes no sense um and even at the end of the episode doesn't make very much sense but this gave me a crash landing on you vibes if anyone has seen that korean drama (laughs) from 2020 um in the first episode of that drama has a very unrealistic volcano or not not volcano (laughs) (laughs) tornado that appears from out of nowhere the Um, the swamp is the dmz yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) creepy scary place And then this tornado is just chasing after them and it's about to suck them in. But then Aang airbends this bubble around them uh, to kind of hold off the tornado for a little bit longer. But Appa's foot breaks through the air bubble and eventually they just all get thrown into the tornado and sucked in and thrown into the swamp. And I thought, oh, if we've learned anything, it's that natural disasters always beat the Avatar. You know, it's like the one Mm -hmm. thing that the Avatar can't, uh, you know, beat or overcome especially if you're roku yeah (laughs) hey (laughs) man he was he was an old man when that happened to him uh anyway when ang bends this big ball that protects them a a i thought it was because the ball was getting smaller and that's why appa's leg poked through um but b it kind of reminded me of episode one when ang gets trapped in the iceberg, he kind of mm. creates a protective ball around him. And my mm-hmm. first thought was, why doesn't Aang's avatar state kick off here? Especially if we know he oh. loves Katara now. You know? <laughs> big wow. questions, big questions. Was that episode fake? Was it a fever dream? We'll never know. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It feels like a situation where he should have been in the avatar state. Yeah, and then uh, they all get separated and Appa and Momo get thrown into their own part of the swamp separate from Katara, Sokka, and Aang. Yeah, I just want to comment something and kind of touch on this later on is that the jungle in Avatar feels so much more sinister and anthropomorphic than it ever does in Korra, even Mm. with all the spirits in Korra. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah, totally. So they're stuck in the swamp. Aang climbs up the tree because Appa and Momo are missing and he calls out to them. And I thought this might be interesting because we know a big part of the city season is Aang losing Appa and how he reacts to that. So I wanted to pay special attention to this episode where he loses Appa and what his reaction was. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's honestly not that significant. I thought he would be a little <laughs> more like alert in looking for Appa and Momo, but he, I feel like he kind of forgets about them un- until the end. Yeah, that's fair. It's because he's with Katara. Yeah, he has his alone time. <laughs> Appa didn't give them enough privacy in the cave of two Appa purposefully went to a different part of the swamp. <laughs> oh, man. The, the, the jungle's just trying to give them some alone time. Right? Exactly. <laughs> But also, they create some really interesting vibes here because of the music and the camera action that's going on. There's some really creepy music in the background again. And in one scene, the camera actually tilts like tilts on his side. So it's kind of looking at the swamp diagonally. And yeah, it's just pretty creepy. It achieves that effect very well, I think. And it also gave me Puppet Master episode vibes. Mm -hmm. But then... Katara and Sokka are kind of playing around the swamp and Katara says, Sokka, you've got an elbow leech. Sokka says, where? Where? Katara says, where do you think? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just other than thought that why? Are, so they're leeches, but they're elbow leeches because I mean, so it's a leech that's on his elbow, but Katara specifically called it an elbow leech, which means that's the species of leech. And then I thought that's stupid and those leeches are dumb because there's like no blood on your elbow. <laughs> so <laughs> these are like like one of the stupidest animal creations. It's of a Avatar. combination of elbow and leech. That's oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that would be better. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that's <laughs> the case. So and then Aang, Sokka, and Katara are just trying to find their way to Appa and Momo. And Sokka is slicing away at the vines. And Aang says, maybe we should be a little nicer to the swamp. And Katara says, yeah, maybe you should listen to Aang. Something about this place feels alive. And then Sokka's like, I'm sure there are a lot of things that are alive here. And we don't want to wind up getting eaten by them. So we need to find Appa as fast as we can. And then, yeah, I guess my takeaway from this is that Sokka is just only using Appa for his own selfish needs. Again, like he's just like, we need to not get eaten. Or he's the only one that really cares about Appa, you know? Yeah, that's he says, true. And if we don't want to wind up getting eaten by them, we need to find Appa. Uh, we need to find Appa as fast as we can. <laughs> he just doesn't want to get eaten. Uh, he misses his friend Momo. That's that's really yeah. Weird. yeah that's yep. it's the cover up for Momaka. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just yeah, I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing some Saka Appa love, but I don't think we see it. All right, so in between the gang, we have several scenes with Appa and Momo um, just playing around and trying to navigate the swamp. Um, and then in one scene, you know, they're, they've been going around for a long time and Appa and Momo encounter this tree trunk that's fallen and kind of blocks the path. And then Appa's so tired, he just takes a deep breath and then groans and then falls and plops down onto the swamp. And then Momo's annoyed. He's like, come on, Appa, you you can do this. And then Momo finds the bison whistle and blows on it several times (laughs) just to annoy Appa, which is is pretty hilarious, actually. And then Appa roars. He's so annoyed. Um, And then Momo blows on it one more time, one time too much. And then Appa just whacks him with his tail, um, Uh which is awesome. Could have easily given him like a concussion. Oh yeah, yeah. Momo's out. He like killed him. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Appa wouldn't have cared. Like yeah. Appa's reincarnation. <laughs> but yeah, so see some more. We know Momo always had a personality, but now you know we're starting to see more from Appa as well. Yeah, totally. And I just. Yeah, it's cool that they have like this whole plot B to themselves. Um, and then also it's just like 
really just thinking about D. Bradley Baker doing a one man show for half this episode. <laughs> like I like to envision him in the in the studio, kind of just like yeah, that's awesome. starring in this episode, you know. Uh yeah. Cool. So back to Team Avatar. They're kind of purveying the swamp and then a bubbly gas starts coming out from the swamp. And then Sokka says, it's just swamp gas. Look, there's nothing supernatural going on here. Um, and I just want to call out that swamp gas, otherwise known as marsh gas or bog gas, is a real thing. And mm. it's a mixture of methane, hydrogen sulfide and carbon dioxide. Uh, and actually, in a lot of landfills, they capture this methane to be used later for things like cooking cleaning and industrial purposes wow, wow. that's interesting yeah i had no so, idea Sokka and gas really is just he's on fire <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then okay let, let me let me let me lay the scene let me set the scene right so <laughs> this hilarious thing has just happened and then in a moment of clarity in this random swamp this small bird lands and this bird honestly looks like a, like the first evolution of the starter Pokemon bird that you get in any region. Um, but then it starts screaming and it's just like oh my God. gut-wrenching like kids scream. And honestly, it reminds me a lot of Fox Kits because people who don't know what Fox Kits sound like, I highly recommend you look it up on YouTube, but they sound like screaming children. So, oh, wow. I've never heard yeah. of this. So if you hear it and you don't actually know those are fox kits, there have been like a lot of calls with police departments saying they've been hearing screaming. But oh actually, it's my foxes. God, that's so horrifying. So now we cut to perhaps one of my favorite people out of all of season two. <laughs> and I think the first real departure <laughs> from the major cultures and inspirations that every nation has. I think Kyoshi warriors don't really count. I, I think, you know, these forest people are definitely very very distinct from the native american inspired northern and southern water tribe but mm -hmm. we meet do and tho and do says what you reckon make a track like that though and <laughs> tho says oh no do and then do says leaves a nice wide trail to follow and i just want to point out a huge inconsistency here because then it cuts to appa and momo like in the river and as we all know you don't leave a track in the river the track Oh, well, at first there were, I mean, Appa did leave some footprints in the mud. Right. In the mud. But it cuts to them like very clearly in the middle of the river. Yeah. Oh, good catch. Yeah. It's hard to catch those little goofs. So on top of their impressive water and vine bending skills, they have an excellent nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, and just some fun facts here. Carlos Alazraki, I don't know if he, I'm pronouncing his last name right, actually voices both of these characters. Um, and he hmm. also voices Ton Rock in the first season of Korra. So oh, a very multifaceted voice actor. Wow, Ton Rock here. is so different from these guys too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, yeah, so he only does it for season one. And then for all the other seasons, it's a different voice actor, which is interesting as well. A true rags to riches story. <laughs> yeah. Wow, like yeah, opposites. totally. <laughs> um yeah, so I think it's cool because also do and though have distinct vibes as well. Um and then another fact is that apparently Do is one of the this one's weirder. Do is one of the few characters in the Avatar universe with underarm hair, according to Avatar <laughs> Wiki. <laughs> and the other two that were noted are King Boomy and the big bad hippo, who is an Earth Kingdom wrestler who we'll meet later. Oh yeah, um, wow. Yeah, 
Interesting. So uh, eventually at nighttime, Team Avatar gets separated by the swamp and these vines drag them each their separate ways. And the first scene we get is of Katara alone. Ha ha. Katara alone. Just like Zuko. That's why they're perfect for each other. Um, so Katara finds this like flowery part of the swamp and she sees this woman in the distance and she approaches her and this woman looks like her mother and she's like, mom, and like runs towards her with happy tears in her eyes. Um, and I just thought, wow, the swamp is like the mirror of Erised from Harry Potter. Whoa. I don't think I said that right. Erised? I think yeah, I looked I think it up right. earlier. But right. um, yeah, it makes you see your deepest desires, you know, people who are gone. Yeah. Another. I know pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Thanks. Um, you know, something that every eight-year-old kid has read. <laughs> Um, Only recently. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I just wanted to comment on the camera action that's going on here again. They really like do capture this moment very well. As Katara's running towards what she thinks is her mom, the camera is once again tilted and really zoomed in on her face. And it really creates effect, like, the effect that something is off. And it's just a nice little touch. Yeah, the camera work is really inspired by uh, like the techniques used in horror films, apparently. Not that I would know firsthand, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do a really good job of building the suspense up to the moments where things are not what you uh, what they seem and including in this scene. So, yeah, Katara puts her hand on the woman's shoulders. And then right then we see that it's just this tree stump and the lighting kind of changes. And then she just collapses and starts crying and it zooms out very far. And she's so mm -hmm. small and alone. It's quite sad. Um, and then Sokka has an encounter that we're just going to not talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, in, in which he sees UA and there are a couple jump scares there as well. Um, but then Aang's scene, uh, he's actually calling out. It starts out with him calling for Katara and Appa. And I don't know why this made me curious as to who each of them called out for, because they each mm. call out for people at the beginning of their scenes. So in this one, Aang calls out for Katara and Appa. Katara calls out for Aang, then Sokka. And Sokka calls out for Aang, then Katara. So... I don't know if we want to dig into psychoanalyze what's going on. First, Aang I thought Rip. Sokka. Yeah, Rip first. It's Sokka's getting neglected as usual. Um, Katara calls out for Aang and Aang calls out for Katara. Not surprising. I think Sokka calls out for Aang before Katara because he thinks Aang has a better chance of getting them out. Oh, Man, some real neglect from Momo here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No one wants Momo back. The swamp can keep Momo. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um yeah and then ang sees this little girl with the boar in the distance and she's like hee 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 and runs away yep exactly and we see that the boar can fly which is just 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 so absurd it was just funny but as we later know that the flying boar is the emblem of the uh beifong family so it's cool that they added that into i can't help but think that the writers had worked in some punny joke for Sokka to say like, oh, the, nothing, nothing in the swamp can't be explained, like when pigs fly or something. Oh, yeah. that's good. That's good. That would have been funny. All right. So we're back to the Appa and Momo uh, side story. And 
we start with the swamp benders. So Dew says, oh, I'm not going to do this as well. It's just Justin. No, did, do it, do it, do it. I'm going I'm to do it. Dew says, looky there, though. Is that little hairy fellow riding that thing? And Tho says, nah, that's what they call a lemu. Saw one at a traveling <laughs> show once. Real smart, they say. And Dew says, Betty tastes a lot like possum chicken. And Tho's like, you think everything tastes like possum chicken? So Dew tries to get Appa and Momo to come closer. And he says, nothing to worry about. We're just fixing to eat you. And yeah. More accent, more accent. Um, that was great. But yeah, just some fun facts here. I actually recently learned that fixin' to is actually slang uh, that's used commonly in the South, uh, the South of America. Um, and it means when you're fixing to do something, it means you're just getting ready to do it, preparing yourself. That's what the Urban Dictionary says. But anyways, uh-huh. I thought that was cool. Um, and then another fun fact is that their accent resembles those heard in the Mississippi Delta Um so, yeah, in the bayou, in the, the Cajun people, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's cool. We got the hippies two episodes ago, and we have this other subculture of America. Yeah, and then so as soon as Appa hears this, that they're trying to eat him, uh, he just runs away. He bolts for it. Um, and then Du and Tho chase after them, and Du stands up, and just as they get ready to go, uh, he starts waterbending. Mm-hmm. So he, he stands up. He's this like fairly lanky guy. He all he, he just has this like loincloth made out of three leaves. <laughs> and then he just his front torso, his top, the, the top of his torso just starts like jerking around. He just is like thrashing his hands in like a, like a windmill fashion. <laughs> like, yeah. Like imagine like a five year old in gym class, like just like throwing his arms in like all random directions. Yeah. <laughs> the boat just starts moving. <laughs> There's like no rhyme or reason to his water venting. It's just like full of raw animalistic thrashing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Um, but this is cool. I feel like they did <laughs> delay the reveal that they're waterbenders for a while. They didn't show mm-hmm. that in the first couple scenes with them. So it's cool. It's kind of like a little surprise because they seem very unassuming. Um, but there are waterbenders. Um, and it is cool, too, because I feel like we don't see too many groups outside the main nations that are benders like we see these mm-hmm. roaming groups of people but we a lot of them aren't their own culture and of bending uh and i feel like it's kind of a cool thing they explore in this episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now it gets a little serious ang starts it cuts to ang chasing this little girl through the woods and the music here i'm actually going to bring it up the music here is like a lot of chanting it's like fairly uh spiritualistic i guess but also in in like a with a creepy twist and they're sprinting full speed through the woods this girl kind of like almost like has little girl ghost vibes you know they're not like naruto running through the trees where like naruto's like chasing after sasuke no 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 it's (laughs) aim trying to catch up to her and she just like appears places and then runs off around a corner laughing Mm -hmm. um yeah. But then Aang sees her finally. He's within almost an arm's reach and he like like sprints out to catch her and then she just disappears and he falls into Katara, who then also crash into Sokka. So the core of Team Avatar is re- reunited and they're talking and talking and Aang says, I was chasing some girl. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> what about last episode? You know, like you can't just be saying that. He sounds um, like a player now. Yeah. Katara's like, what girl? <laughs> And Aang says, I don't know. I heard laughing and I saw some girl in a fancy dress. And Katara was like, 
I thought I saw mom. <laughs> it's like a huge turn of events. <laughs> like Amy's chasing after some like random girl, like caressing her mom. It's like very memeable event. Um, <laughs> and then and this and the Sako was like, I thought I saw UA. And then and then Zuko says, that's rough, buddy. No. <laughs> so then Zaka says, I thought I saw UA, but that doesn't prove anything. Look, I think about her all the time. And you saw mom, someone you miss a lot. Yeah. And I just thought, I thought this was really nice. Um, I remember reading for maybe the first episode of season two, maybe in the comments section of the Avatar Wiki, that people thought it was weird that Sokka basically just never mentions UA again. I mean, she comes back in visions, but just coming fresh off of season one finale, you know, he must be so, so broken over it, you know? And then we first see him and there's basically no sort of grief or anything that we see from him. And so I thought this comment was just nice because he's mentioning UA, he's mentioning that he thinks about her all the time. And I feel like that just like fills in the gaps there because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it feels, it feels like she was just forgotten until now. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. And like when he says this, it takes him a while to mention that he saw UA and then he kind of turns around, he turns his back on Ang and Katara when he says this. So yeah, it shows you how much pr- like pride he has and he doesn't want to show any weakness at all. But mm-hmm. it's cool, yeah, that's something this extraordinary happened where he actually does mention her. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he rejects uh, Suki later on in this season as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it really is. He just doesn't want to show it. So that's why we don't hear about it. He's got Momo, so, you know. Oh, true. Momo's the rebound. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, and then the next scene is... Uh, we see this swamp monster basically start fighting them out of nowhere. Um, and they're, he's fighting, or she is fighting them with vines and like grabs onto Sokka and like tries to take Sokka in to him at one point. Yeah. It's like very scary. What was he playing Tries to, to like them, absorb but... Sokka or something. Yeah. I don't know if that happens later or now, but um, Aang severs the arm of the swamp monster with airbending question mark like mm-hmm. I, I mean he's definitely not waterbending which is his only other option so i thought that just didn't really make very much sense because it really kind of slices air. the arm sharp air exactly um and then katara parts the swamp like moses and like runs <laughs> towards the monster uh, so that was kind of cool and i think throughout this episode we do see katara's waterbending getting stronger which is quite neat and then the swamp monster yeah at this point starts like pulling Sokka in and I just thought this was crazy because I mean eventually find out it's who but like is he literally trying to kill Sokka <laughs> yeah I don't understand what he's trying to I do to Sokka like he actually like must kill people who come and treat the swamp mm. with disrespect which you know maybe isn't very enlightened we flash back to Appa and Momo once again and the chase is on uh they're still running away from the swamp people who are killing them pretty fast yeah, and I just think, so the music has been pretty ominous throughout, and just with the scenes with the Swamp People, it's so different. It's very, they're drums, and also there's this weird bouncy noise in the background uh-huh. that I couldn't, um, you know, stop paying attention to, so it was just kind yeah. of goofy. Yeah, so then, um, you know, they're on the chase, and Momo's trying to get them off track, so he throws some things off the back of Appa, and he throws some clothes at them, and he also throws another item which is a crown. And if you remember in the Blue Spirit episode, one of the things um, that Momo found um, in that town uh, was a crown. So mm-hmm. some continuity there, which is cool. And those like 
now what would a lemu need a shirt for? And, you know, Appa's going full speed ahead. Yeah, this is really crazy. I feel like we've never seen Appa on land very much. And he is sprinting. He is fast. Um, and I just thought that was cool. So Appa's going crazy. And then Momo finally falls off and Tho grabs him in his bag, snags him up. So while we're busy watching this, like fairly comical yet like life and death situation for Momo, who's about to be eaten like possum chicken and Appa, it cuts back to the swamp monster. Um, and Aang uses this tornado move where he kind of like Hadouken uppercut spins, well, not an uppercut, but he like spins up in this tornado move, comes down on the swamp monster. Katara freezes the core of the monster and is able to pull Sokka out. Um, but then almost as if nothing happened, the monster regenerates. So picture the original Tho and Du kind of trying to go along the water, right? Like spinning their hands. Now imagine Katara doing that in the opposite, but slightly more elegant way where she spins <laughs> her hands backwards, like kind of like a backstroke. And she starts like pulling up these slices of water and it's like kind of putting the monster vine thing through like a cheese slicer or something like yeah, a food processor. That's a good way of putting it. Um, I just thought this was so like such a crazy move. So powerful. Why doesn't she use this against Azula like in the last <laughs> battle that they have? Maybe I guess there's only the water beneath the grates, but mm -hmm. still it's it's so insane. Like you could easily kill like a whole army of people with this. Um, yeah, but I guess I was thinking, oh, you know, Azula is a smaller, more nimble target. And the swamp monster is a giant thing that, mm -hmm. you know, she's trying to cut down. So but still crazy move. Yeah. And then Sokka knows it notices in his infinite wisdom that there is an individual inside the monster. And he says, there's someone in there. He's bending the vines. <gasps> and then Aang defends and says, why did you call me here if you wanted just to kill us? And then the guy who we don't know his name yet, he says, wait, I didn't call you here. <laughs> like, this is a huge shift in mood. Like, one moment, he's this, like, possessed jungle monster who regenerates and is trying to kill them and absorb yeah. them. And yeah. then the next moment, he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. completely unprompted. I feel like that's, you know, this episode has a lot of that jerking you around emotionally. Yeah. Yeah, so we eventually find out his name is Who and he introduces himself and then he takes them to the tree and says, I protect the swamp from folks who want to hurt it, like this fellow with the big knife. Oh, I guess I didn't do an accent, but his accent definitely wasn't as, isn't as thick, um, so I can't really remember how to do it. Um, but a fun fact about the name Who, which I may probably am not pronouncing right, um, it's a Vietnamese name and in Sino-Vietnamese, Who is written with the Han character that looks like something you guys can't see, but it consists of uh, the character for man and the character for tree. And so, you oh, know, this wow. makes a lot of sense because he bends the plants, he had, reached enlightenment under this tree, so it's kind of cool. Um, that is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, who? Who? On who? Yeah. And then Sokka says, see, completely reasonable. Not a monster, just a regular guy defending his home. Nothing mystical about it. So more skeptical Sokka. This whole episode, we get it. Um, and then who says, oh, the swamp is a mystical place. All right. It's sacred. I reached enlightenment right here under the Banyan Grove tree. Yeah, this is pretty similar to how the Buddha reached enlightenment under the Bodhi tree. 
Some more religious inspirations, first from Zuko cutting off his hair and now reaching mm-hmm. enlightenment under the tree. Yeah, yeah. We definitely get a lot of uh, sort of concepts that who explains that are from, you know, different Eastern religions. But yeah, so he's about to drop some knowledge now. And he says, see, the whole swamp is just one tree spread out over miles. Branches spread and sink and take root and then spread some more. One big living organism, just like the entire world. Yeah, so a fun fact, this is actually based in some real world fact. Um, You may know that there's some forests out there which are all just one big tree in that the trees propagate by spreading through their roots, so all the trees are connected. But actually, there is a professor named Suzanne Simard at the University of British Columbia who pioneered this idea that the trees are actually interconnected. And she's done studies where they kind of isolate a sapling from the rest of the surrounding ecology and the sapling does strictly worse than another sapling who's connected by like the myosin and the mushrooms and bacteria in the ground because they found that trees even of different species will share resources to make sure that each other survive really Mm. whoa yeah it's very very cool i can actually link this new york times article um she was doubted for a very long time in her field um and finally she was proven right after doing extensive reproducible research it's very very cool yeah they've even shown some studies of this where it's like the opposite like the trees of different species will hog each other but there are definitely very reproducible species in certain forests where trees of different species and that's a big distinction here trees of different species will try to help saplings grow and it's like very very cool that's wild yeah, I, I think the, the way they did it was they covered certain saplings. So they didn't were starved of getting, I don't know, some isotope in the air. And they still found the isotopes in the sapling because the surrounding trees were giving them those resources through the roots. Aww. When you're having a bad day, when you're feeling down, just read this paper and you know, <laughs> remember that there's good in the world. <laughs> yeah, and then Aang says... I get how the tree is one big thing, but the whole world. And then who says, sure, you think you're any different from me or your friends or this tree? If you listen hard enough, you can hear every living thing breathing together. You can feel everything growing. We are all living together, even if most folks don't act like it. We all have the same roots and we are all branches of the same tree. It's the circle of life. This is very Lion King, you know, Mufasa (laughs) vibes. (laughs) Mufasa lessons. Um... Anyways, then Katara asks what their visions meant, and then who says, in the swamp, we see visions of people we've lost, people we loved, and folks we think are gone. But the swamp tells us they're not. We're still connected to them. Time is an illusion, but so is death. And Aang says, but what about my vision? I, it was someone I never met. And then who says, you're the avatar, you tell me. And Aang goes, time is an illusion, so it's someone I will meet. Smarty uh-huh. pants. Smarty pants. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, I... I feel like this concept is very cool. However, I think it was kind of contrived that Aang sees Toph now, given that she's appearing in the show two episodes later. It seems very convenient that this just happened now and he sees Toph because they're just trying to set Toph mm. up. And I feel like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he could have totally seen someone else, maybe someone that who means more to him. Because I don't think out of everyone in his entire life, Toph was the most meaningful you know, person in his life. Gyatso, I feel like. Yeah, I, I, like sense. if I had to guess, I would have probably guessed Gyatso too. Yeah, so I guess the other thing I wanted to say here was we've mentioned this theme before several times where 
people aren't as they seem. And that's kind of a good lesson to especially teach mm-hmm. kids and for everyone. And for example, like with King Bumi or with Toph as we'll meet, I think this is definitely another moment of that where we see these swamp people who are pretty unassuming, but this guy is basically enlightened and drops a ton of wisdom right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sokka interrupts classic and then he's like, okay, but still we need to find Appa and Momo. And then Aang says he thinks he knows how to find them. And he puts his hand on the tree and says, everything is connected. And this trail of energy just traces through the vines and shows Aang where Appa and Momo are. Avatar magic. Yeah. Avatar magic right there. So once again, we flash back to Appa and Momo and Swamp people are super happy and sing as they float away, carrying Appa and Momo. And then Team Avatar finds them and Aang comes in and frees Momo. And then they all start fighting um, and Katara starts waterbending and sees the Swamp Betters also waterbending. And she says, hey, you guys are waterbenders? And Do says, you too? That means we're kin. Yeah, uh, and just fun fact, the Foggy Swamp Tribe, as they're officially called, is one of three water tribes in the Avatar world. And yeah, you know, I think Justin mentioned this earlier, but I think it's kind of crazy. Like, I never fully wrapped my mind around this, that they're like the third water bending civilization. Um, and apparently, thousands of years earlier, tribesmen migrated from the Southern Water Tribe to the swamp and decided to stay because there's water and it's not cold, which, you know, <laughs> we hear do and though kind of, you know, just crinkling their nose at when Katara says they're from the South Pole. Yeah, so we got a peek into the lives of the Foggy Swamp tribe, uh, keeping up with the swamp. And they're sitting around a campfire, and Tho says, where'd you say you, y'all was from? And the Katara, it's completely wrong accent, by the way. I, I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm picturing this. And the Katara says the South Pole. And Tho says, didn't know there was water bandits anywhere, but here they got a nice swamp there. Do they? This. Oh my God. I'm just completely. Okay. I'm going to stop. Uh, wow. I'm glad says, I got out of this. I don't know how I did. <laughs> I'm doing like a Southern bell accent. That was completely the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the Katara says, no, it's all ice and snow. And Tho says, mm, no wonder you left. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then Sokka says, well, I hope you realize now that there's nothing strange going on here. Just a bunch of greasy people living in this <laughs> Oh, I just thought Sokka's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> he just is so like, yeah, they get, yeah. Doing oh, food and everything. Level. And... I know this is a Zuko level comment yeah. really right here. Uh, but the swan people don't seem to mind. Yeah, and uh, Sokka says that the visions were just because they were hungry and says, I'm eating a giant bug and then takes a huge bite of this giant fly. Oh, yeah, he's probably I'm... grumpy because he's eating that fly. <laughs> like, yeah, wow. I got shivers as you were even describing it. This is gross. <laughs> yeah, it's truly nasty. It's so nasty. <laughs> Borderline revolting. But yeah, here we are. And then Aang says, but what about when the tree showed me where Appa and Momo were? And then Sokka says, that's Avatar stuff. That doesn't count. The only thing I can't figure out is how you made the tornado that sucked us down. And the Who responds, I can't do anything like that. I just bend the water in the plants. Yeah. And I just thought, who did this first? You know, him or Hama? And probably him because he's older. No, Hama's older for sure. Who did this first? <laughs> who did this first? It's probably it's probably close, but... 
Um, it's very I, I like to think that this form of vine bending has just been passed down from generation to generation. I would, in the yeah, exactly. I'd like people. to think that too, because Hama was developed in her cell by herself. And I, yeah. you know, they have this whole civilization where they're bending in the context of the swamp. So I'm sure they would have figured it out at some point. Um, and then maybe who is just extra powerful and, you know, mm -hmm. has mastered it more. Anyway, so that's kind of cool. I just like didn't realize there are all these little hints that, uh, you know, before we meet Hama that you can bend water, you can't see. Yeah, I, I could sit, definitely see them making like a short episodic about like the specialized elite assassins from the Northern Water Tribe in like 500 BA before Aang, who, who like go like kind of like the uh, the Yuyan archers. Mm -hmm. They just use bloodbending to kill people. That'd be oh cool. Oh, my God. That's too scary. Um, yeah. And then. Uh, another fun fact is that, yeah, this tribe's bending differs from the water bending we've seen throughout the show as of yet uh, because it consists of more rigid and straight motions. So, yeah, what Justin was describing, the kind of crazy, like, windmill motion, but their arms are very rigid, um, mm -hmm. which is super different from the very flowy water bending we see elsewhere. Um, so it's cool. Um, and I read that their rigid motions reflect the stagnant nature of the swamp water because it's kind of less flowy. Oh, it's more wow. sticky and muddy and maybe it requires more strength. And also uh, their techniques primarily involve bending the water inside of plants. So I guess if Avatar Wiki says that, then it's probably a general swamp tribe thing. Mm. Yep. Um, and then finally, we circle back and get the bookend uh, that completes the how this episode started, um, which is Azuko and Iroh scene. And so basically, the guy who harassed Iroh is walking in this alleyway and just gets pwned by Zuko as the blue spirit. And uh, Zuko takes his dual swords and the camera pans up and we see it's actually Zuko as the blue spirit. And then uh, I just thought, I, this kind of blew my mind. I did not notice first that the guy's dual swords are the ones that Zuko eventually uses throughout the rest of the season because, mm -hmm. of course, he and Iroh have no possessions. Um, and then also... That's true. They have that now. And now he has these swords and now he has this mask, which he also, you know, got from that cart we saw earlier, probably. So yeah. that's really crazy. Yeah. You have to imagine that this mask is kind of like a Guy Fawkes mask then in the world of Avatar, if it's so popular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dime yeah. a dozen. <laughs> anyway, I, I kind of can't help but think of Zuko here as kind of like Robin Hood, like not the trading app, but like Robin Hood, you know, stealing <laughs> from the rich and giving to the poor. Does he give to the poor, though? I guess he is the poor. Oh, yeah, he gives to himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's giving to himself. <laughs> himself yeah. and uncle. Yeah. 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 But he's not even getting any, like, money from this guy. He's just taking, you know, yeah, he's just, like, going vigilante justice, revenge. Yeah, so. He's stealing his dignity back. Yeah. Um, and, and as a side prize, he gets these dows. Yes. But anyway... Uh, that's the episode. I just want to make a call out here. I think this is the most plentiful of animals we have seen the entire show. We have the catfish alligators. We have the possum chicken. What else? Reference um, to Arctic hen. Ah, uh, yes. Reference to Arctic hens. It just pop vine monsters. It's just popping up. Oh, the bird, the screaming bird. Mm -hmm. The elbow leech. Elbow leech. There we go. By the way, at the end of this episode, it shows this shot of just the jungle. Well, I, this might be before the scene in the Earth Kingdom, but there's a screaming bird. And then 
this vine comes up and whips the bird. Mm-hmm. So it's like the vine, the jungle is very much alive. It's like very yeah. much anthropomorphized. But the scary thing, I think, I, I think I'm pinning down the scarier thing about the jungle in Avatar is that it's never explained who this like consciousness is. It's like this Lovecraftian horror. Whereas in, in Korra, it's just like, oh, there are spirits, you know? And like the mm-hmm. spirits are very much, you can see them, you can feel them. There's like cute spirits and not cute spirits, et cetera. So I think it's less scary. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah. animals. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that concludes this episode and we're going to go on to our ratings. Yeah. I'm curious to hear what you guys thought of this episode. I'm going to give this episode a two. Um, I think this is one of the most skippable episodes. If I had to pick on a uh, rewatch of Avatar, the good things about it, I guess, are that it's a cool concept. The foggy swamp tribe um how there's a separate group of waterbenders and i think they do achieve some cool effects in the creepiness of the whole swamp however in terms of the creepiness i think this episode is totally outclassed by the puppet master episode which i like a lot better um i think as i said before it's a little it's pretty contrived i think that ang sees tough i think they're just like building her up a lot here and and it's a cool concept i think maybe he could have seen someone else that's more important in his life there's no Azula and barely any Zuko in this episode. Um, there's a whole half episode dedicated to Momo Nappa that's, which was fu- that although it was fun, it was kind of unremarkable. So for that reason, it's a two. Wow. Harsh. Very harsh. I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> um, I, I think here's where I, I think I'm going to end up standing and dying on the hill that it's it was appropriate for Ing to see Toph. And here's my reasoning. I think I don't think you just see who is most important to you in the jungle. I think because the jungle is so anthropomorphized, it's, it's like this living thing that shows you what it wants to show you. And like maybe the jungle is like this spirit that we can't see. This like ancient spirit, you know, like kind of like Ko or the face, like the mother of faces, you know, mm-hmm. and it shows Aang Toph here because that's who the avatar needs to see right now. And maybe like the human world is in so much trouble. These, these ancient spirits have started intervening in the, in the path of, in the life of the avatar. I don't know. That's what I like to think at least. Interesting. Um, so give some rhyme and reason to it. Maybe I'm just spewing up crazy conspiracy theories, but anyway, back to the rating. Um, I think it's three because for a lot of the same reasons that Anand gave, it's like very forgettable episode. It's very contrived. I think there's a lot of cool ideas here and the ex- it just didn't stick the landing. You know, the yeah. execution just wasn't like a, an A plus or even a B at that at that point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really understand why Zuko was in this episode at all. Maybe it was a setup to Zuko alone, but I think that just he just could have been left out and I would have been fine. Um yeah, I think the whole reason, okay, the tornado thing was kind of, yeah, it's just contrived. I don't know if I can add it any more, uh, any more substantial arguments to that. Um, it's kind of boring, quite honestly. I will say, though, that the fight scene with the Vine Monster is probably one of the best fight scenes so far. Hmm. I think best mm-hmm. best animated fight scenes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there yeah. it is. I can see that. But to animals, so that's why it's a three, not a two. <laughs> oh, okay. Justin really likes the animals in this episode. Um, 
Yeah, I'm also going to give it a two. So someone's comment on Avatar Wiki said it best. It's, quote, just a bunch of filler to not really introduce Toph. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just think, I think, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a teaser, but I think we we meet her and Blind Bandit just fine. Um, I don't think this adds too much to it, really. Um, other than, whoa, that's tough. Cool. Um, and, yeah, and just, uh, you know, Justin, just listening to you talk about, you know, the swamp showing people what they want to see or what the swamp thinks they need to see. I, I can buy that maybe, but also I just don't think that showing Katara or Sokka, uh, her mom or Yue, did anything for them either. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like those scenes were really brief and yeah, like we already know that they're people they loved and lost and yeah, they get to kind of talk about that and that gets to come up again. But yeah, and then angst, it, I don't know. It, it's okay. Um, it is kind of, it is a pretty scary episode um, and I thought they did the creepy vibes well. Honestly, I think, I think it has more jump scares than Puppet Master for sure. And then it definitely has more... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wonder which one is creepier, actually. But this one definitely is creepier than I remember. So that was at least kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I thought the whole huge like transformation from being like, I'm going to kill you guys to all like mystical was kind of weird. And then, yeah, I agree. Not enough Zuko and Iroh. Appa and Momo, I love them, but it's tough to compete with Zuko, Iroh, and Azula, <laughs> you know, in terms yeah. of excitement. So, yeah, pretty forgettable. I agree. Um, not as bad as the Great Divide. <laughs> no, definitely not. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so that concludes this episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed our discussion of The Swamp. As always, we release on WhatsApp on Wednesday, so we'll see you next time for our discussion of Avatar Day. If you want to stay up to date on when we release or submit thoughts or questions, be sure to follow us on Instagram at, at what's underscore appa, like our Facebook page, or you can email us at whatsappapod at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and if you like this episode, be sure to give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. So thank you guys so much and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Blame you, Hunter. <laughs>